Hey, Nate, what's going on? Hey, Kay. Have a good day here. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Nice. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. Enjoying the weekend, hopefully. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's great. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're we've got we've been busy over here, but uh I've like I've got a bunch of charts lined up. I'm excited about this week for sure. I don't I don't think Sean's gonna get here on time, so hopefully he joins us in a little bit. If not, I've got all of his charts loaded up. Okay. And we'll look at that as well. And uh but yeah, I've got every chart loaded to the nest there. Um so I think before we get into it, I'll just say um, you know, to everybody listening, thanks for joining. Uh, this is not financial advice, of course. This is uh, just some uh, friendly information from Kay and myself and Sean every week that we provide uh, for information and educational purposes only. Uh, but check it out and uh, appreciate you checking it out. And uh, we'll we'll get right into it. Awesome. So, uh, Kay, hopefully you can hear me. Yeah, you got me all right here. I've got the uh, numbers for all the ba- major indexes for the week. Um, so we've got uh, I'll just run through them real quick, as I always do. So the five-day return for the S&P was actually down this week, which is a change, down 0.8%. Um, still positive, 773 on the year. The Dow is also down 1.24%, giving that a positive 1.59 on the year. Uh, NASDAQ is flat for the, the week, uh, plus 0.07, but strong still at plus 16.9% for the year. Um, the Russell 2K I've been uh, talking a lot about lately and keeping an eye on, and it's down about a half a point this week and basically flat on the year, down just a little bit there. And Bitcoin was flat over the last five days, um, right around 29K right now, and up almost 75%, right around 75% as of this morning. So Bitcoin continues to, to hold strong there, and uh, markets kind of cooled off this week a bit. Not Not too surprising, I don't think, with the rate news. Oh, absolutely. And then um, I think uh, uh, the fear and greed index uh, last week was about 60. Uh, uh, the, sorry, the week before was 60. Last week was 59. VIX is still pretty neutral. Uh, we, we aren't seeing much volatility. I think uh, the, the big case that happened was the earnings, they started coming out pretty well from what you know a lot of analysts and even us, we were fearing that the quarter one earnings for tech may drag down the market, but apparently that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of flat to slightly down for the week. Um, and yeah, uh, we got big earnings still coming this. I mean, not as big, but we got some interesting earnings this week. Um, what's what's getting your attention? Yeah. So this week is, um, I would say it's an EV week. Um, if we, if ah. we leave PayPal and Palantir, I know there are a lot of fans for those two stocks, but you have Lucid. Reporting on Monday, uh, you have uh, Fisker reporting on Tuesday before market. <clears throat> I know Nikola is one, but nobody follows Nikola. It's a, it's almost bankrupt, so we'll skip yeah. that. Uh, Rivian is reporting on Tuesday as well after close, uh, yeah. so, and and Lee Auto is reporting before open on uh, Wednesday. Apart from that, you have Airbnb, a firm, a firm, a very um, uh, popular retail stock as well. Oxy Petrol that you chart. We can discuss that uh, big dividend company, or at least used to be the Walt Disney. We have Trade Desk, Unity Software, very popular. Beyond Meat what used to be very popular as well. Uh, Robinhood, um, you know, has its own share of uh, 
uh, controversies uh, with it. But those are some of the major notable earnings that at least I am seeing on the chart. On the yeah, the, a lot of those names, um, and you mentioned Robinhood at the end there. That's actually gotten on my radar from a trading perspective. You know, I'm I'm always just talking trading, not investing um, from a long term. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to start posting a little bit on on Robinhood from a technical. Uh, standpoint it looks really interesting what what's taking shape but yeah um, a lot of interesting earnings this week and from start to finish right the first names you mentioned were monday and that that was all the way through when actually kind of through wednesday and then i think it kind of peters out later in the week but. exactly yeah thursday we don't have any major earnings um unless uh, folks follow tapestry which is um, um, sure. a retail company we have fiverr jd.com uh, but they have been very popular, uh, at least with the retail investors. So mostly till Wednesday, it's jam-packed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, we've got the charts pulled up here, and I'm looking at SPY, as we always start with. And I put up monthly candles this week because I saw something fairly, fairly interesting. So um, what, we're, what I've got posted here are, uh, you know, the, the last, I guess it goes back to July of 22. And this you know, we have we've been selling off and then we had this nice push up uh since the end of last year and into 2023 and this is forming what looks to me like a bearish you know pattern a rising wedge pattern which you know of course these patterns are just useful and helpful and they don't guarantee anything but you know if we keep tightening to the upside here and forming this rising wedge and then we break through to the downside you know history seen we could uh, certainly drop quite a bit. We've got the 50-month moving average sliding in underneath there, so maybe that would be a point that we we could see some pause if there was a sell-off. But I just thought that was interesting uh, to note, and I hadn't really noticed that in the prior months, and and you know just kind of caught my eye. Any thoughts on that, Kay? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you hit that on the nail, uh, Nate, because when I'm looking at the put-call ratio for both volume and open interest for SPY, Last 30 days, the put call volume ratio is 1.23, which means there are more call, more puts open against call. And for the open interest, it's actually gone up to 1.87. Seems oh, like really? that, yeah, it's um, you have almost uh, 13 million, uh, yeah, 13 million to 7 million interest in the call. So it's 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 massive difference, and you can clearly see that there is it's, it's getting a little bearish. Um, from a, a option standpoint. Nate, did I lose you? Yeah, the mute button got me. So this, I think it's the first time it's got me on one of these spaces, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is always the first so, time for everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it looks... To me, the monthly candle is really set up to be um, bearish. Now, of course, that takes a longer time to play out. I mean, those are monthly candles we're looking at. So that time frame uh, on that chart could play out over the next year, really, or six months, six to eight months even. Um, so not, 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 I wouldn't read a monthly chart like that and think, oh, okay, well, it's going to, you know, fall through the roof or fall through the ceiling floor tomorrow, excuse me, um, but definitely uh, worth watching. Meanwhile, the next chart on the spy that uh, Sean posted for us, you know, he he mentioned that it's looking kind of juicy here. We've got inflation data coming. Um, we did get a nice bounce for the daily candles off of the 50-day moving average twice, right? We did it twice now. So that's kind of interesting. 
to see. We've not really respected the 50-day moving average, and you see it just kind of squiggling around that yeah. uh, blue line. But, yeah, we got respect here twice, so that, that's certainly constructive. And also, if you notice, right, like for the SPY and QQQ, your options are on a daily basis. You can you basically can trade in and out of the option on a daily basis. So you, know, you have May 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, like four days of options you can play with, which has like a weekly. So, um, you know, I, I think as you as you rightly pointed out, right, that, that those monthly candles may take, you know, a few months to materialize, but... Yeah, I guess uh, you can still play with the with the bump up, and especially some of these companies um, which are holding up. I think the EV sector and you know Walt Disney, if they report earnings, you could see a pop up in the SPY and QQQ. Yeah, I like the levels that. Um, real quick before we jump to the Qs, because yeah, I definitely want to jump there next. Um, the, Sean noted four eighteen here, pretty much four eighteen oh eight as a resistance level, and I you know it's. Resisted nicely there a couple of times. Um, so we want to see it break through that level with some good strength. Uh, I, I like that level there. And then I like the target of 429.75 above that he's got. So just want to call that out as well. But yeah. yeah. Johnny, so interestingly, uh, interestingly, there, there are uh, 29,000 open interest at 416 for May 12th, which is five days from now. So that's massive, right? Yeah, at 14, that... it's 5,300, and at 422, it's 30,000. I, I feel like, um, I don't know why, four, does 422 make any, does it? Yeah. yeah, actually, let me grab another chart I've got here. So, because um, I've got so many charts on SPY, <laughs> I can't help myself, but let's see here. Yeah, I've got 420 and 432 as my next levels up. And I think that 432 comes in from um, the August high. So that's that's those. I think that's where those levels make sense. Is that what you said, 422 or 432? 422. Um, I, I can yeah. look up 432. But yeah, that, that's very that's very weird because 420 has about 13,700 open interest. So you you could see like for every other price point, you have 5,000, 4,000 that way open interest but then at 416 you have 29000 which is massive then you have 13000 almost 15000 at 420 and then 30000 plus at uh, my last year 30000 plus at where at 422 at 420 yeah okay well yeah that's definitely worth watching or paying attention to as well it's a lot of call volume in the near term despite the longer term kind of bearish setup there exactly um the and then the Qs, uh, Sean noted that we're breaking out of a range here. Uh, he's got 322.89, and we're peaking back above there. I, I noted the same kind of thing. I've got the weekly chart, and um, so talking about both, that you know we're peaking above that same resistance level of 322. Both talking the same level there, and the dailies. You know we touched it a couple of times last week, and. Again, closing above that resistance level, I like a lot. Bounced off the 20-day moving average. I also like to see that quite a bit. And we're above all moving averages from the daily perspective. Um, so obviously in a nice uptrend and making new high, new recent you know, highs is really good to see. Um, and in the weekly, just to add to that picture, the, the candle moved off the 150-week moving average with a huge lower wick, showing a lot of support right at that level. Hey, we've got Sean here. Hang on one second. There we go. 
Oh, beautiful. Sean is back. Sean is back. Hey, Sean. Hello. Good afternoon. So, hey, good to have you, Sean. Glad you could make us make it here with us. Um, we were just getting into the queue, so you know we're not too far into it for the day. We've got a lot of charts to go through, so you're getting plenty of time. Fantastic. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So, yeah, I'll just keep going with the queues here, and then we'll start jumping around. But um, uh, we noted that we both have the same level here, Sean, 322. And I was just saying on the, the weekly candles, uh, last week had a long lower wick bouncing off of the 150-week moving average, um, which is a positive sign, and then closing above that 322, as we noted so uh, I think overall, pretty constructive on the cues in the near term, kind of similar to what we were just saying about SPY. Uh, anything in particular? We noted your levels on cues, Sean, uh, but anything you wanted to say uh, about the cues that, that, you know, was number one priority for you? Um, it's just the momentum side of things. So for me personally, it was looking so on my chart for a range. It's just kind of breaking out, similar to what you've got here with this 322. It looks like it might be setting up for a nice little... Uh, breakout, I'm not too sure where, maybe kind of 333. I don't know if you've said that already before, came in just now, but um, yeah, yeah. Maybe up, up there would be nice and nice and bullish for me. Yeah, I like that target as well, 333. Any options, um, activity around that level, Kay? Um, what was the level you said? 333? Yeah, 333, 332. 33. No, I mean, it's really nothing major for the next five days or six days. Yeah, it's like 700 open interest. Okay. Uh, and the delta is 1%. <laughs> it's, it's pretty low. Um, so un unlike SPY, we don't see much uh, major volume or major open interest. Like, you know, we talked about a few thousands, right? 30,000, 15,000. Over here, we have 1,500, 1,800, 1,900 open interest. So... It's a, it's a pretty low volume on the interest. And if I look at the total last 30 days put call volume, it's 1.39. So again, more puts versus call. And then on the open interest, it's also more puts, uh, 1.85. So that's... More more near-term fun here, I think. I think yeah. mm -hmm. really constructive week last week. And so it would be nice to see that follow through. And I've talked about semiconductors, you know, uh, possibly leading the way if we do get a bull run here. And so looking at NVIDIA, we've been watching NVIDIA on a weekly and trading this range and talking about this is the next chart we'll look at. And the range between 265 and 282 um, has held pretty tight for a while now, going back to March. And we broke out last week, right? And we broke out twice, actually. Um, so... I would like to see that uh, high from earlier in the week at 290.58. Let's get back there and get above there. And I really think uh, that's a really positive look for NVIDIA. We can't get there. It could be just a little bit of a fake out. And we do have earnings coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, so later on this month. Um, so, you know, what's holding above the 20-day moving average, really positive sign there. Breaking out of this range, really positive. Uh, but I want to see it get above that 290.58, and that would that would be constructive again. Looking at 297.50 above that uh, for taking profits. Um, yep. Yeah. So, what else would you guys add here? Um, yeah, I like the momentum that's got on. It's kind of moving in a nice little channel upwards. It's going to be a bit of erratic in the last couple of weeks. Um, but that's what you get with the stocks like this and the high hype stocks. I think you get a little bit, um, I don't know what you call it, FOMO, that kind of stuff. So people might be jumping in now and then it might push up to 300, et cetera. And it might see a little sharp drop off of that. But yeah, I mean, 300 is a good psychological level for me for, uh, for NVIDIA. That's all I've got to add. 
I think from from my perspective, uh, Nate, you might remember we talked about like few weeks ago, um, maybe maybe it was March, I believe, or late March. As Nvidia keeps climbing up, it it starts to get a little risky, especially this trade, and and we can see that in the put call open interest. Right, last thirty days, you have one point one, which means more puts are open. And if I look at the open interest, you would really see that uh, in the next five days. So for let's say next week. Uh, you actually only have 8,000 open interest at 290 and then it just drops drastically into a few hundreds. Whereas when you look at the put side, you have at multiple levels, you have 2,500, 3,600, 37, and so on and so forth. And so you can clearly see that there is definitely more negative sentiment. You're looking at uh, there might be more downside risk because as it keeps hitting its 52-week high, it gets a little um, riskier because the, the risk to reward ratio is not there anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't, do, I do not argue that the one thing that I really liked and it's by pennies. So maybe it's not that strong and we didn't close above it, but we got above the March 22 high, right? Like the start of this huge dip lower. I mean, I guess you could argue the real start of it went all the way back to November of 21, but, um, yeah, it's like it's been on this big U shape, and then we got above that prior high, which I think is a positive thing. But again, we do need to, which was just shy of two ninety, so we do need to get above two ninety and hold. But you're right, the it's had a steep run. Um, it looks like it's trying to get back to two ninety seven fifty, and then above that three oh eight is what I've got for target levels for Nvidia. Yeah, and, but, yeah. And, and honestly, I think uh, overall the semiconductor companies have done very well. So NVIDIA, yeah. as the earnings come out in a few weeks, we'll get to know. But AMD did pretty well. Intel was a surprise. Right. So, I mean, overall, from the industry standpoint, I think it's we still have a bullish momentum. But I'm always worried from a macro standpoint. And whenever the stock is coming to a 52-week high, and we'll touch about in Apple a little bit, I kind of tend to get a little bit more conservative when you're hitting the 52-week high because that becomes a very big resistance level to break. Yeah, I like it. Interesting. Looking forward to talking about Apple a bit. So, all right, keeping moving through my charts here. I've got uh, Marathon next. Uh, and, you know, this is, I'm talking my book here. So for, you know, full disclosure. Um, but this has been a trade that I've really enjoyed. And I wanted to share it with everybody. So this buy level I've got between 850 and 946, I've, I've labeled here as buying opportunities. Really, ideally, um, below $9.00. Um, I was able to get in about eight eight eighty eight, I think, is my cost um, average cost, and <clears throat> buy enough shares to I could where I could sell covered calls against them. And the great thing about Marathon is, you know, usually when you're selling covered calls, you're worried about selling too close to the money, and then maybe you letting your calls your shares get called away, and people don't like that, right? Um, but uh, with Marathon, you can get really large premiums and put that strike price well out of reach, right? So that even if it did get called away, you're making, you know, really quality uh, returns or gains there in a short amount of time. So as an example here, um, buying just below that $9 level, I sold uh, covered calls at $11 and collected uh, about $75 for each of them. So, um, and that's going out to the, the start of June. So basically 30 days and the stock would have to run to 1175, right? 
um, which would be quite the quite the move from where I'd gotten it and quite the pickup. So I'd be fine if it ran that far and got to that strike price and beyond. So uh, just a, a nice way to pick up some gains. Uh, selling the cover calls gave me about, I think it was about a 9% downside protection, eight or nine. I got to get the math. I should be doing the math before here. Um, but anyways, yeah. What do you think about that, Kay? Hey, so uh, Nate, is that a weekly um, uh, trade that you do on this one? So no, this one I'll hold on to for quite some time because I was able to buy, you know, in that that buying range, and then we got a nice bounce. So um, what I sold the cover call, it's, it's about a month out, getting that, you know, roughly eight nine percent uh, initial cash, uh, you know, premium. That for me is good. I mean, I'll let this run, and as we get closer to, you know, for the entire month. As we get closer to the expiration, that that price should come down, and I might buy it back. If you know, it actually, I almost certainly will buy it back um, if the price doesn't get above eleven, and then you know, re, re, retest the trade, see what happens there. Well, well, first of all, I think the premiums are amazing. You almost have, if you're looking at a month out, you're looking at almost ten percent premium. Uh, like for right. ten to five, you're getting almost one fifty dollars. That's that's a lot of premiums you're getting for such a um you know this stock and then you actually have a, a lot of um, uh, call options both on the volume and on the open interest the put to call is 0.36 and 0.71 so very bullish uh for the next 30 days as well yeah very bullish given the momentum of bitcoin doesn't surprise me and yeah a lot of a lot of volume so it's it's easier to trade the options which i like All right, let's keep it rolling here. We got DraftKings up next, and DraftKings had a huge earnings call. Uh, Jump from the support levels, it had been sell with you know, been selling off in the week, uh, heading into earnings, and then had a nice move. Got all the way up to the twenty-five handle on it uh, before selling off and closing before the or below the twenty-four sixty-five resistance line. Um, so yeah, I mean. Really close to the level I've got there. It closed at twenty four fifty eight. I had twenty four sixty five. And what I'm looking here is, you know, I've I mentioned before, you tend to get a bit of a sell off after uh, earnings with DraftKings, or sometimes on earnings. And you know, the first quarter this year we didn't get that actually. So we had really nice, nice numbers. Um, but I think that given that resistance, you know, we got a nice jump up there, big gap up. I think filling that gap might make some sense. So I drew out a bit of a forecast here where we'd see that 20, uh, 20 day moving average coming up and, and let the shares take a bit of a breather, come back and test that around $22. So um, a bit of a forecast there. That's, that's what I'm looking for, but I'd be happy to see DraftKings move higher. Yeah. I like the look at this chart. I think, um, if you drew a trend line from that kind of lowest low around, what was that, about mid-January, beginning of January, if you drew a trend line there um, all the way up to kind of where we are now, then um, you've got the kind of level there, maybe slightly just below it, but I would like to see it follow that trend line up if, if I'm trading this. Yeah, hold the trend line, absolutely. Okay, you have to have some something to say about options at DraftKings. There's so much options trading in DraftKings. <laughs> it's, uh, you can tell it's a it's a very positive flow here, both on the volume and the uh, open interest. Open interest is slightly 1.04, so you could say that there are a little bit slightly more puts versus calls, but the volume is 0.39, so massive number of call options versus put on the volume side. 
Yep. Now we're past the earnings, so I could see that um, you know volatility kind of sell off there. Get the um, implied the IV crush as they call it, and that could drop some of those options prices. So something else to pay attention there. And then last up, we mentioned Oxy early on. Okay, so one of my last charts, I shouldn't say last up. We got lots of charts still to go through. Sean and K. So um, I had Ox, Occidental Petroleum, OXY. Uh, I just noted here really quickly the what I call the Berkshire buy zone. Um, so on the call with, with Warren, uh, with Mr. Warren Buffett, they said that they now own 23% of Oxy. And, you know, they've been buying, it looks like, right around that $60 level. And no surprise, they've got warrants that allow for more buying right there at 59.62. I think I've got that right. So uh, really interesting to note, just kind of highlighted between 55 and 60 here. Anytime the price seems to dip there, it doesn't spend too much time and has been immediately bought up. And we just got into the zone again last week with a immediate buy. Um, we're out of that buy level zone, but we are right at the 50-day moving average, that blue line coming in there. So uh, with Oxy reporting this week, we'll, it'll be interesting if we get a little bit of reversal. It might be a nice buy below 60. Yeah, I think it's a nice little consolidation chart there. Here, and I think you can see the higher lows that it's been setting as well throughout this kind of period that you've drawn with the box. Um, earnings will certainly be one to look at this week, where we can push through that um, dark blue line, which is, I think, the 150 moving average. Is that right, you say? Yeah, the dark blue is 150. Yep. Yeah, so I'd like if it, to go through there and maybe just hold that. Um, going forward in the next, next month or so. It'd be a nice target, right? Coming in right about $64, $65. Absolutely, yeah. And if it breaks, likewise, if it breaks down below 55 um, obviously we can't see it on this chart, but could it get nasty perhaps? Yeah, you know, um, I don't have it on the chart there, but I would not like to see that given how long it's held, uh, this level. Yeah, I think that would be a definite negative and uh, we'd want to reassess at that point. Yeah, I'm sure um, Warren Buffett will have something to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Good stuff. Anything to add here, Kay? Um, no, not much. Uh, I think the the premiums are not that great on Oxy. Um, but at 55 level, there are definitely almost 3,800 open interest. Uh, and they report earnings on Tuesday. So if you plan to add uh, more, that could be one level. But the the... Premiums are very low on this one. I, I would not, personally, I would not trade options in this one. It's like you're putting $55 and you're getting $8 uh, on the premium. Yeah, not bad. Definitely, It's definitely uh, more of a stock trade, it seems like. Uh, and it does pay dividends also, right, I believe? Yeah, for sure. A really nice dividend yield, actually, as most of these, uh, or I should say most, but a lot of these energy companies do. Um, what is Oxia? It's got to be around 4%, I would think. Let's see. Aracia. But yeah, I mean, it, it, these energy stocks have been paying a nice yield as you go, so you know, paying you to hold them. Um, but yeah, I've got 3.6%. Yeah. Uh, that's um, a five-year. Is that not right? Uh, I, I don't... Yeah, I, I, I see the forward dividend rate, 72 cents. So what is it? It's weird. I think every um that's about four percent. Looks like it's about four percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty decent. And then you know, we got earnings coming up this week, as you mentioned. Um it was that Tuesday after close. So uh, yeah, I wanted to post this chart. I think it's worth watching. And there's an ex dividend date on six eight. So if anybody wants to buy oxy and take advantage of dividends, you can get before six 
eight and you may you'll be you'll qualify for the dividend you're in yeah nice a good call, okay. All with that, I'll hand it over to you. I think we've got your charts lined up next. Cool. All right. So I think the first one that we have on the chart is Apple. Um, so, you know, everybody was looking forward to Apple's uh, earnings. I guess it was, uh, I won't say it was a blowout earning, but it was a pretty good earning, kept the market up. Um, as we can see on the chart, 175 is uptrend. It definitely is an uptrend right now, making higher highs due to the earning beat. Now, the issue is that um, the 175 resistance level that goes back to August 2022. So it's it's been in that zone for a while now, and it will be interesting to see if we can actually beat that. I do see uh, 181, which was the all-time high of uh, uh, January 2022 and the stock all-time high. So every time, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the stock starts to get to their 52-week high, there has to be some kind of a catalyst that can push and break that resistance and then eventually consolidate and make that as a support. Uh, there are a couple things that are against uh, most of the stocks right now is the, the macroeconomic condition, right? Because even though, uh, you know, we continue to have these, you know, smaller bank failures and uh, the money is getting tighter, you will start seeing a lot of tech layoffs uh, along with other companies. I, my real question over here, the risk to reward is like, you know, we have to be very careful going all in, you know. Now, as a trader, you might be able to take advantage of the volatility. The put to call ratio is 0.99. So it's pretty even. There is it's like the, the bulls and the bears are pretty even here. And if I have to do options for, let's say, next five days, uh, 155 has um, a 31,000 open interest versus 180 has 14,000 open interest. So seems like you they are forecasting or at least the, uh, the sentiment is more on the negative side compared to the positive side. What do you guys think about this chart? Yeah, I'll jump in real quick and say uh, this looks a lot like NVIDIA, right? Right, <laughs> approaching prior um, highs from you know over a year ago or about a year ago. And yeah, that resistance is going to be strong. You got August 22 resistance. So yeah, I think that 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 makes a lot of sense. And I would just say I would want to see strong volume on that big push through and not strong volume just on like an earnings beat necessarily, but like strong volume just in general, uh, on general trading to get through that level would be very positive. Yeah, one seven five. I was going to follow up on that with trading. I was going to mention the fact that the volume bars shot up, so it would be good for trading intraday and stuff like that. So I think we'll see a lot more volatility with Apple moving forward. Um, do we have CPI on Wednesday? Is that right? Have you mentioned that in the early parts of this, this call? Just, just briefly, yeah. What would you like to say yeah. about CPI? Well, I just it could push the stock straight through that 175 barrier, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But yeah, either way, if we get a good CPI report, then it could push stocks quite highly up, I think. Because uh, we're getting quite a few positive reports in a row now. Um, but obviously, likewise, if we get one, one, one that's not so positive, then yeah, we've had a rest. But I, I think if the if the stock pushes higher for people who own Apple, they should be selling covered calls on that day. Uh, you'll get some nice premium on that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, 
And so moving on, next one is Microsoft. And I know there was one of our listeners who requested Microsoft. So we decided to put that for this week. We haven't really been tracking Microsoft a lot, but again, you know, big bump post earnings. The volume was 68 million on the earnings. So uh, a lot of uh, trading happening. Uh, The volume is now stabilizing around the 27 million mark. The RSI is 69. So I would say still it's getting overheated, almost reaching the 70 level. 313 uh, would remain as a resistance because this was March, April of 2022. So we would again, similar to Apple, uh, you would need some kind of a major catalyst. I know we're talking about AI or or that the whole buzz that is happening. But again, I feel like it's also like metaverse. We talked about it, uh, you know, last year. But uh, every time, you know, and I want to get your take on, uh, on this one. Every time I see these big, you know, breakout candles, uh, and you get closer to the resistance level, I do feel like there would be a you know a, a rejection from that level, and you'll probably end up coming back consolidating in that 294 um, uh, level until you know you can really go back up. Uh, put to call again, it's similar to Apple. It's even 0.98. There is the same bulls and bears of you know similar sentiments. Um, call options uh, at 315 are 4,000 open interest versus at 302 is 55. 5,500. So pretty even, not much you can decipher from this data point. What do you guys think? I agree that the uh, the steep run is a little bit concerning right at resistance without busting right through it. Um, you can see historically where that's happened a couple of times and just kind of sold right off. That being said, um, it tends to recover pretty quickly and it, it makes sense that I think the stock is bought as a defensive, right? People just pile into Microsoft thinking that is a safe name to get into and that might, you know, continue to, to hold true and continue to at least hold levels. Um, but that 313 looks like it'll be tough. Yeah, it does look tough. I think, I think a nice retracement down to the 20. Is that 20, the purple line K? Uh, that is a 50-day moving average. 50, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the, that's a consistent two months. But I feel like a lot of these stocks are moving up quite highly. I mean, with Microsoft and Apple we've just looked at just now, they really are pushing, aren't they? And the SPY is not really pushing up with it. I don't know if that's because of different sectors and stuff like that, but I don't know. It's so do you think territory. it could be a rotation, right? And Or not necessarily rotation, sorry. Uh, but people, like I was mentioning, going to where they've perceived safety right and so if you're gonna pull out of other stocks it might be a, a little bit more risky it looks at more risky uh, if you're concerned about the economy and a recession coming then you might go into companies like microsoft apple google where you feel like well no matter what these guys are the stalwarts and they're gonna continue to push higher and that might be a dangerous setup quite frankly um if everybody's you know consolidating and just into just a few names and then one of them, you know, has a bad uh, report or misses or some news comes out. You know, it's it's a tenuous situation is what I would say. It is, yeah, absolutely. I think um, it will be interesting because obviously everyone's flooding into tech. It just takes one bad report, like you say. Okay, you've got, you've got the big hitters in your charts. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, Microsoft, it's, uh, you know, we just passed earnings. Now the dividend date will come up in a couple of weeks or so. Um, so definitely, as you guys said, right, you know, people tend to flock to these stocks. I think after the major tech sell-off that we had in October, 
um, you know, people moved their money to different sectors. And I think most of the money did not flow in into. And if you notice the in the QQQ, it's only these big players that are actually going up. You know, uh, Amazon has kind of stagnated. Now we saw a little breakout with Amazon. Uh, Google has been, and let's see, I think the next chart is Google. Yes, next chart is Google. So we'll, let's touch about Google as well. So Google chart is very interesting. 108 has been respected since uh, February of this year, right? Google has not been able to break this 108. They have touched it a few times and they got rejected every single time. So that seems like a, um, you know, uh, Achilles heel for Google for now. Uh, the 50-day moving average is, has crossed. 200-day moving average, that was... Um, that was the uh, on 5.2, so definitely shows a bullish signal. Um, but the volume is declining. And that's the same thing we saw with Apple and Microsoft. The volume, up, they shot up after the earnings, which always happens and then kind of stabilizes. But Google reported earnings a little bit earlier than these two companies and it's still kind of declining. The RSI is 53, so not overheated. Uh, put to call is actually bullish on this one. There are more call options open versus put. And you can see that at 106, you have 15,700 open interest. So a lot of trading happening. I feel like this is more like a sideways consolidation on this one until we see some kind of a catalyst that breaks through that 108. And then we will have probably a different pattern moving forward. What do you guys think? I think with this chart, you touched on everything pretty well there. I was just going to go along with the, um, the RSI and the consolidation matching each other. It's kind of middle ground, wait for a catalyst. And like you said, the 50 crossing through the 200 moving averages is a good sign moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you've got bullish sentiment there, given all the headline you know, headwinds that Google's been facing. And I think that's what's been causing this consolidation. It's like, again, piling into a name that seems uh, like a strong name and, and you know, seems is, is light. It's been a strong name. Uh, but now we've got some headline risk, it sounds like. And so we've got this consolidation pattern. And I like your level there at 108. It's duly noted. I wrote that down here. So thanks, Kay. And interestingly, because I trade Google on a weekly basis, uh, just a tip for folks. This is my observation. Don't take that as a financial advice. Every time the Google dips below 102 and hits around the 100 level mark, I have seen it just shoots back up to that 102. So it tries to catch back up at that level. So if you are doing options, I generally do the cash secured puts on those levels. I tend to get pretty decent premiums because I know the the stock just goes back to the 102 level as a support. And then, you know, the moment it starts going up to 105, 106, 107, I kind of start getting a little bit, um, it gets a little bit riskier because 108 has been um, the resistance for a while now. So something to keep in mind. And I've been doing this uh, weekly for almost eight, nine weeks now. So kind of, this pattern is getting, um, I'm able to recognize this pattern a little bit easily compared to Apple and uh, Microsoft. Sounds like a great trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google is working out very well. Moving on to our next one. And this is again a, a fan favorite or I would say retail's uh, favorite. It's a SoFi. Um, SoFi had a decent earnings. I would say it wasn't a blowout quarter, uh, but decent earnings. And then we saw this big dump on uh, post earnings. The average volume on that day was 18 million. Uh, generally, the average volume is 18 million, but on the earnings day, it go went up to 108 million shares were traded. So a lot of uh, downward pressure on SoFi. Um, 
right now, you know, this chart where I have the accumulation zone between 518, 577, uh, I'm still watching that. Um, and if this 518 level is not supported, I think we do see this, uh, the green candle. I feel like there's a little bit of bearish trend on that one. Um, the RSI is 39, so getting closer to the oversold territory. MACD is also signaling the downward uh, and 50-day has even the cross, uh, the 200-day moving average, we see a potential or at least the potential we'll see in the coming uh, days or so. Uh, interestingly, because it's a fan favorite and retail investors favorite, it's uh, the put-to-call ratio is very bullish. It's 56.56. So more call options, you can see at 5.5, you have 18,000 call options. And at $5, you have 16,600 call options. So there's a lot of... A bullish sentiment, and I'll just add this before um, you guys tell me what you think. Is even though I think it's a fan favorite, and you know it has a blowout quarter, we still have to note that. And and this is what I'm thinking. So far, money, you know, it, it's primarily it's a student uh, loan, right? People take loan from so far for to you know. Uh, to get their studies done. Now, we had this whole um, a moratorium where, you know, you don't have to pay back student debt. Great. That is being fought by, in the court and all that is happening. But we also have to realize more of these people that are SoFi customers are white-collar jobs. And they must be working in a lot of companies where you will have layoffs. So if the student loan moratorium gets over, right, where you have to pay back student debt and these people are laid off from their job, it's going to cause impact eventually to SoFi's, you know, revenue. And I feel like if that scenario plays out, we will see a little bit more downward pressure on the company. But that's from a more macro standpoint. What do you guys see from the chart? Yeah, I was going to let you go first, Sean. I could, I could probably <laughs> talk forever on this one. Yeah, I thought you were. <laughs> Uh, just one point for me, um, it's just I really want to hold this $5 level and just reclaim it because you can see back in uh, mid-March of this year, it bounced off of that about five or six times really in, in consecutive days. Um, so the fact it's broken that doesn't mean it's broken it completely straight away, but I would, I would look for a quick um, take back. And obviously, like you said, it's, okay, it's a high retail owned stock, so it could very easily happen. Um, but that's why I've been looking at that $5 mark just to hold it and possibly move back up to that 200 Exactly. Yeah, and so for me, I was, uh, I mean, this has been such a brutal chart to watch drop lower and lower, given, like you said, the macro environment has not been helping so far at all. Um, but I have another level uh, wedged in between these uh, FIB levels you've got, which, by the way, is really nice to see. They line up pretty close with the level that I just manually input, which is always a nice confirmation, right? Um, but I have an additional level at uh, 480, 482 that effectively we opened up at on Thursday. They you know, dropped the share price, but it pushed right back up above and held. And then it had a nice gap up Friday and push above or right to the next resistance level. So I like that overall two-day, you know, short-term trading setup. And I use the 150-day moving average, which is sliding in right at around $5.50. And so I, I kind of like that as a target for a short-term trade. Um, if if you're already in so far, if you got in last week at that 480 level before it bounced, um, or even if you got in on Friday, uh, targeting the 550 for taking profits makes a lot of sense to me, given 
like you guys said, you've got some negative pressures here, and that seems to be the psych level that it could get to previously and bounce off of for a while. You know, I'm going to add that 480, 482 level over here uh, so that we can start tracking those levels as well and see if we can actually get bounce back from that level. Nice. I like it. All right. Okay, the next one, and this is the last chart from my standpoint, but it's a Shopify, ticker symbol shop. Uh, interestingly, I don't know if this has not been on anyone's radar, or at least I haven't seen people talking about it. This stock is up, uh, up almost 26% or 27% in the last five days, and year to date, it's up almost 65%. So what is happening with Shopify? It it used to be a, a retail favorite as well, you know, two years ago. Fell from the grace. Uh, uh, last year, we had stock split into one. And since then, it became a little bit more affordable for retail investors to buy the stock since it was over $1,000. The average volume generally is between 10 to 12 million on a daily basis. Earnings, we had this big candle bump up to 90 million. RSI is at 78, which is definitely overheated. So we possibly can see a pullback, uh, you know, shortly. Uh, breakout possible if 54 is maintained and supported. But considering we have such a massive high RSI, I do expect it to be, there will be a pullback. Uh, call to put ratio is even, it's 0.98. So both bulls and bears are on the same page. Uh, we do see, and same, if you're going to trade options or for May 12th, uh, you know, the open interest is pretty similar, 1.7 in uh, at 58 put versus 2,000 at 65 call. Those are a couple levels that I'm watching. <clears throat> but there's really not much uh, data on that. And 78 continues to be the long-term resistance since March 2022. So if it breaks 54 and, you know, consolidates at that level to make that as a new support, 78 would be your next um, um, major resistance level. Uh, but that's yeah. what we have here on shop. Yeah, that'd be quite the run up from where it's at right now still, right? Oh my God, that's move. massive, yeah. So I was on, I'll admit it, I'll admit my trades that work out as well as the ones that don't, and I was on the wrong end of shop. So I don't usually trade earnings, and this week I did it a couple of times, and it worked out well with DraftKings and it did not work out with shop. And... Uh, the reason, you know, that they, it popped so big was that news that they've uh, got, you know, that, I don't know if the right word is divested, but they, they've sold off their um, the logistics. logistics. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was huge, right? And that was news that has been in the, the weights for a long time and investors have been waiting to hear. So that news drove it higher. And then the follow through Friday is super positive i did have 62.43 as a resistance level and it got about 10 cents higher than that and pulled back and closed below so i agree that we we could see a bit of a cooling off here but um given the momentum and the great news and the huge volume i mean i don't know if we'll, we'll close that gap or not and it might could just continue to push up i've got one level between the 62.43 and the 78 level you mentioned and that is 69.43. And I don't know if you want to note that, but I, it's not nearly as strong. But I think that, that ties in. If you look to the left-hand side of your chart, we had a little bit of a bump after the initial drop-off and uh, a little bit of a consolidation there. Yep. That's, mm -hmm. that's the level, I think. But it's not nearly as strong as 78. So it might just pause there if we're getting a nice rally going for Shopify. Well, definitely one for covered calls if you own 100 you know, shares of Shopify. Yeah, good call. 
Good charts, guy. Well, that's it from my side. Uh, Sean, I guess you are up next. Yeah, I just want to touch on the Shopify there just briefly. Um, if it does pull back, and like you say, 54 is a good level, it obviously did gap up as well. So there is a gap there that could possibly be filled in, in the coming months. I don't know if you see that as well. Um, but it's just one thing to mention going forward for that for that stock. Yeah, definitely worth paying attention to. I agree. Yeah, it, yeah, it has been side trading in that 40 $45, mark for a long time. And I, and I think if it pulls back, it might we might you know respect that level again at the forty two forty seven mark and you know sideways consolidate. We shall see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Um, yes. You, in, in the audience, if you do not know, Kay has a brilliant YouTube channel all about investing uh, for for tomorrow. Really, so so go check them out. Got great content on there. Um, and I will prevail with my list if that's okay. I'm going to start with Tesla as I normally do. Um, obviously, had quite a good move on Friday, but I don't see anything um, positive really in the next coming weeks or so. And what I'll say about that is that if you're looking at the chart, I've got two blue circles. Um, there's no levels to the circles, they're just observations because they're the 20 moving average, which is the yellow line, and the blue moving average, which is the uh, 50 moving average. Um, so we can see that we're kind of touching that 20, and it has respected it as you can see kind of throughout the chart. Um, I haven't marked the points just because it's not really an important point, but it has respected it slightly. Um, you can see it a bit in kind of late March of this year. Um, so it's something to be concerned about. And we are still got, we do still have that gap um, that could possibly be filled. We have been talking about this for a couple of months now. Uh, Nate will tell you. <laughs> and um, so that's down to about 145. So if we could still technically uh, fill that gap. I, mean, I feel like there's quite a lot of negativity. I'd like to get your take on this for Tesla, both of you. And I feel like there's quite a lot of negativity with Tesla recently. I don't know if you found that. Um, but yeah, that's my technical reading for this, this, this uh, chart. I don't know if you have any thoughts. Yeah, I like your chart a lot here and I agree with the gap. I don't know if we're going to fill that gap down to 145 um, just because of the the bounce we got halfway filling it. But, you know, you never know if we do get rejection here at the 20 day or the 50 day. Why not? Why won't we go back down to fill it? And uh, I think the, some of the negative news is coming around this, the, their, the price action of the cars themselves. So, I mean, Tesla's dropped the prices numerous times and then they just recently increased the prices. And I, if I'm not mistaken, and then dropped them again or, but anyways, the up and down of the pricing and, you know, they may, maybe doing something incredibly strategic and, and wise. And I wouldn't put it past Tesla to say they know what they're doing there and, and messing with their competitors or something like that. But it seems like the street is taking that as somewhat of a bearish uh, bit of news. So uh, that's yeah, my comment there. It's just a little bit slow on the innovation side. I know they talk about the robot and the cyber trap, but that's been on hold for years now. Um, and obviously they haven't released any, any new models for, for years. I can't tell you when, but, at least five years so um i don't know it's in, it's in a tricky spot and i think elon needs to put it forward um obviously the stock is volatile it'll continue to be so um but i, I don't see this uh, it just looks negative on the chart that's what i'm saying below the 20 yeah. below the 50 below the 200 um so yeah near term future who knows with tesla i'll be staying away from it personally well, from an options perspective, this is also one of the most liquid uh, stocks that you can actually trade options on. Very bullish on the option, at least a 30-day uh, put call volume ratio is 0.77. Uh, so it's kind of negative on that side, but on the put call interest ratio is 1.6. So it's very weird. 
um, you actually have a lot more call on the uh, open interest. And, and for next week, let's say if you want to trade Tesla for next week, 175 seems like uh, you have 11,000 plus open interest. Whereas on the downside, which you could you were mentioning about uh, 150 level, that also has 11,000 plus uh, uh, open interest. So uh, pretty evenly matched. But that will that will mean a twenty dollar dip for Tesla in the next five days. Hey Sean, I noticed something. Um, the the moving averages you've got here are sliding in right at your support resistance levels as well. So you've got this twenty day moving average. You don't have a uh, the support resistance line there necessarily, but it, I can see one right right where we're at, right right around one seventy from yeah. a couple of times, and then there's dip there, and then. You know, if we move up, that 150 is coming in right near the 179 level. I'm sorry, the 50-day moving average. And then above that, you've got the 200 psych level. But if we were to, by the time we would be able to see Tesla push up to that level, that's the 200-day moving average you've got, right? That would be right around that 200 level. So I think that's interesting to note. That'd be a lot of, a lot of resistance to push through at all three spots. Yeah, that's a lot of potential confidence. That's for sure. And I'm Definitely going to put that line in at one seventeen. Now you pointed that out. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, moving forward, if if um if it does you know, break through those levels, that means it's a more solid support, really, doesn't it? So we'll we'll see with Tesla moving forward. But yeah, we'll move on to the next chart. We're in the same industry, and we're going to talk about Neo, um, one of my one of my favourites, as you know. And we had a pretty good week, um, by all accounts. So on Monday, obviously, we had a little bit of a, a bottoming tail. It went down. It went straight back up. Um, it's just kind of finished flat on the day. And then we dipped down on Tuesday and then we kind of recovered throughout the rest of the week. Um, but the important thing I like to see here is, is above eight again. Um, and I like to see it above eight because it makes me happy. Um, <laughs> but what thing, the one thing I, I don't me too, like so me much too. Oh, good, good. <laughs> one thing I don't like so much is it's below the 20 and the 50 and they're both kind of close together. Um, and like I just mentioned in the Tesla analysis we just did, um, if it does push through that, then it acts as a very nice support. Um, and recently on Monday, we did have a negative catalyst, which was um, poor deliveries. I and mean, they weren't poor. They were still up 30% from the previous um, previous year. Um, and it was about 6,000 deliveries, which is about half of the month before. And that's just because they're upgrading their, their factories, uh, upgrading their products, new cars. So obviously the, the customers, they don't want the older cars. They want the newer cars. And that's going to be coming into effect on, in June. Um, so it's something to look forward to. I don't want to talk too much on the chart here just because I've, I've done that already, really. So, yeah, I would be looking for a push for the 20 and the 50. Um, do you have any observations on this, guys? I'm rooting for eight. That's about it. It's hold that eight level. And, 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 Sean, just so next week, you know, just strap your belts because next week you have a lot of EV companies reporting earning. Monday you have Lucid. Yeah. Tuesday you have Fisker before open. Then you have Rivian after close. Then you have Lee Auto on Wednesday. So I think Neo is going to have a ball. You know, if any of these stocks they do well, Neo will benefit. If they do bad, Neo will suffer. I don't know if they will. You know, because I feel like if, if Rivian and Lucid and all that they do they do poorly, it would mean maybe the concentration is more on Neo in terms of you know the product might be better. Or if it's a completely different country, of course, it doesn't really follow it too much when those when those stocks move. How about um, Leo? the opposite effect. Yeah, Leo also, yeah, you are right with that one. But just a general kind of... Yeah, but that's what yeah. 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 That'll, yeah, that'll definitely move it, that's for sure. 
Lovely. Cool. So we've covered Neo there. Obviously, that's probably the quickest time I've done Neo. And would you agree? <laughs> but yeah, we'll move on to Palantir. Um, breaking records which, this week, Chad. We're breaking records. Uh, well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so Palantir's up next. And obviously, we do have earnings tomorrow. And I've noted, noted that right in the middle of the screen there. Um, highly anticipated. Sorry, I've mixed in my words again. Highly anticipated earnings as well, because the last quarter was um, gap profitable. Um, and they have been bringing up news recently in the last couple of weeks about um, of being integrated into the S&P 500. And obviously, in order to do that, they did four positive quarters, um, get profitable, I mean. Um, so, yeah, if we can post another profitable quarter tomorrow, that would be great for the company. And as you can see um, in the last earnings report with the, e, the, the green E kind of shield thing in the middle or the bottom there, that was the last earnings report. And you can see what happened. It pumped straight up to $10. I'm not saying it's happening again, and obviously this is not financial advice, of course, but I would like to see a positive move, probably of about 10% at least, with, with a good earnings report, and just get above those moving averages. That's all I want to see from this chart. I know I've got lots of lines, and it's a bit confusing, but the only thing I want to see is just a nice move above those moving averages. That, that's about $8 again, isn't it? That's going to be our theme this week, is that $8 level. for Neo yeah, and Palantir have had the same price half, the, half of the week as well. <laughs> I like the level too. I mean, if we get good earnings from Palantir and they do jump here, you'll be holding a higher high or higher low, excuse me, from March. Um, and that, you know, I'd like to see that for sure. And I think that would be constructive. Like you said, I totally agree. Get above those moving averages and then start from there. Right? Absolutely. And, and maybe make a move to that $9 level, which we've spoken about a lot on, the, on these spaces before. That's a very key level. And um, that's the one with the blue blue dot if you're following along. And just because you have, this is also a retail favorite, you you just want to see the number of call options, right? So at 7.5, you have 5,000 open interest. At 8, you have almost 7,500. At 8.5, you have 10,000 open interest. At 9, you have 6,800. 9.5, almost 5,000. And at 10, you have 6,800. Whereas on the put side, it's only 7,000 at 7 and then 5,000. At 6.5, and then it just goes into a few hundred. So a lot of call options, you know, stacked for next week uh, on Palantir. Wow. There's lots of anticipation there then, isn't there? Lots of anticipation, yes. So a lot of retail investors must have done open calls against uh, for to have a good uh, earnings report. Hopefully that, you know, prints money for them. Absolutely. And that's after after the bell tomorrow, if you're following along. Um, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, it may have already happened. And uh, yeah, good luck to you. So, yeah, that, that's um, three out of four. So we're going to move on to my last chart, which is the Disney chart. So that's also reporting earnings this week. I believe Wednesday after um, uh, after after open bell. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Right? Yeah. I don't have the picture up. I was a bit too late for that. Um, but, yeah, we can see here that it's got moving up in a nice trend. We've started back just in the turn of the year, end of December last year. Um, and I've drawn that line there, which is a nice little trend line, actually. It's not too bad. It had a nice big run-up for the first two months of the year and a pretty harsh rejection, actually, at the last earnings report. So that's one to look out for as well. Um, but, but again, similar to the Palantir chart, I've been looking here for a nice push through the moving averages um, and hopefully you know, move towards that 109 level um, that I've got drawn in the middle of the screen. Um, again, that's kind of all I've got really on this chart. It's just, I want to make some moves, a bit more consolidation as we can see in the last month or so, um, but a nice little push forward. And if likewise, if we break the trend line, then I've got the $91 level marked there. Um, that's all I've got for this chart uh, overall. You first, Kay. 
Well, um, not much on the option side. Pretty even out. Um, you know, point six one, point seven nine four volume versus open interest. Um, and I don't see much premium. Um, I mean, at, at the money, there is like two hundred, three hundred dollar premium you can generate. But um, yeah, don't see any major any any and nothing stands out for me. It's pretty even out for both sides. Yeah, I like this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. No, no, okay. I was going to say, I like holding the trend line here in the big bounce that you got. This is another one trying to get it back above the moving averages. So um, I, I like the overall positive news. The the headlines for um, for Disney are interesting. So we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like this positive trend. I'm an investor longer term. So uh, I want to see this continue to move higher for sure. And I think one of the things we're looking for in the earnings report from at least my perspective is the the subscribers for Disney Plus. It has been decreasing for like the last four quarters. I've just done a quick Google search, um, which I have had before, but I lost the, the image. But yeah, it looks like it's been declining over the last 12 months. I guess that's just because of the saturation of the market. Um, but I personally love Disney Plus because I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I don't know if you know that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I could tell. Uh, Earlier this week, I could tell. <laughs> yeah, um, made a fourth was a good day. <laughs> I, and I don't recall exactly, maybe one of you guys know, and if not, no big deal, but Paramount reported and just tanked, right? Like dropped 30% or something. And I think it had to do, it tied to streaming and their struggles there, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it's interesting to pay attention to these streaming services um, as, as people you know, down select and try to not ha- have to pay for, I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of, I, I somehow ended up with like five, six, seven different things. I got to pare it down, you know? Isn't that yeah, the exactly. same as the cable side, right? Remember ba- you would end up adding channels after channels and your cable bill will just bloat up. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. As if we get through these recessionary times and, you know, money is tight, people do cut this type of um, subscription, especially if yeah. four or five of the same sort of thing. Yeah, so but great chart. I appreciate you pulling this one to everybody's attention, given earnings coming up. And um, you know, the the thing we mentioned before you got on, Sean, with respect to all the earnings, we've got massive earnings Monday through Wednesday, and then it kind of cools off. And I think I'm going to add next week, just for listeners to know, I'm going to add Robinhood. We're going to take a look at how the earnings goes Wednesday, and we'll add that to the charts. But every week, you know, we continue to cover. Uh, you know, you know, I'll cover Nvidia and. Marathon, DraftKings, uh, you know Sean's going to pull forward Neo and Palantir and Tesla, and K comes with the big hitters. Um, but if you have any requests, you know, my big hitters, by the way, Apple, Microsoft, Google, um, but also, you know, that's SoFi information. So anyways, what I'm getting at is if you guys have any requests, want to have any tickers uh, sent over, DM any of us, follow K or Sean on YouTube. I'm going to be opening up a YouTube channel here shortly as well. And, uh, yeah, let us know. We'll add them to the list for next week. And otherwise, we'll be here every Sunday and, and preparing for the week of trading coming up. And uh, this week, I, I feel a little bit more positive heading into the week for what it's worth. That's always a little scary for me. That actually makes me trade less on Monday. Um, but how are you guys feeling? Oh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident this week, uh, especially with, uh, you know, Shopify and some of these. If if they can keep going up, I can sell a few covered calls and, and generate weekly premium. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be taking a look at this CPI report. Obviously, there's a lot of volatility around it, ups and downs. In the first couple of days can be quite trepidatious. And then, you know, big volume on the actual day. Then, you know, you can swing back in the other direction. 
on the, the day after. So just be careful and size them down where you can. And, you know, just, just be careful when you're trading. Have all those rules in front of you and stick to them. How does the CPI and PPI reports work? Like, it's it like two days later or a week later the PPI comes out? I can't remember. But the, the consumer price index comes out this week, right? And then you follow that by the producer price index. And I've noticed the trading tends to, you know, we get a lot of trading around CPI and then it mutes a little bit and then we get a bunch of trading around PPI again. I start to remember how big that gap is. But yeah, definitely good good information to be paying attention to this week and it'll no doubt impact the markets. Absolutely. All right. Well, good stuff. Uh, a lot of charts reviewed. Uh, hopefully you caught it. If not, Definitely check out the recording and, you know, follow again Sean and Kay on Twitter. Also over on YouTube. They've got great YouTube investing channel, trading channels. And, uh, again, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope everybody has a great week of trading, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Take care. Invest Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.